listeners, welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. Uh, Producer Trey is playing the podcast music as we record, which doesn't usually happen while I'm talking. And so I'm actually hearing the music and it's really kind of entertaining because you can't not be happy when you hear the Kids Ministry 101 podcast jingle, which how fun is that? I feel like Trey, like we need to write some lyrics to go with the song. I don't know what they're going to be and I will avoid just kind of riffing them in the moment. Hey, listeners, it's so good to have you here. We we have a really good friend on the podcast today. Her name is Danielle Bell. Hey, Danielle, welcome. Hey, Chuck, I'm ready for your uh, original song right now. Let's let's right just now. sing it in the moment. We'll make it up as we go. Uh, we'd have to good. recue the music to do that. So let's maybe we'll save that for another episode we'll where we write we'll the podcast the lyrics. Yeah. We will spare them. So uh, Danielle Bell is at Bel Air Baptist Church, uh, leads kids ministry there and is a great friend of mine and of Lifeway Kids. And it's so good to have you. Two Enneagram sevens chatting on a podcast. What could go wrong? Right. What could go wrong? Indeed. Yeah. It is funny because one of the things as you and I were getting to know each other, I mean, a while ago now, we both were, you know, learning about what it means to be an Enneagram seven, which really is like, we like what's new, what's next, what's exciting, something different. We're enthusiasts. And so we tend to be kind of upbeat, happy people who are excited about things. Yes. And can have plenty to talk about. And have plenty to talk about. And so as a podcast host, I have the opportunity to talk with an an amazing group of people who are who are outstanding uh, thought leaders and voices for their areas of expertise. And as a podcast host, you just never know. Even the the most wonderful people who have a deep wealth of knowledge, you can sometimes have to fill 20 or 30 minutes of time and you kind of run out of questions after the first five minutes and you're like, oh no, how are we going to fill this time? Yeah, you're stuck. (laughs) Never a problem with you. Well, Not with you you and me. I know. I know. That's why we're not usually allowed to sit by each other because we do have a good time and we have plenty to talk about. We sure. do. And so let's uh, let's talk about stuff. So you are at uh, Bel Air Baptist Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. You had been in Murfreesboro and then you left for a season to go serve elsewhere. And now yeah. you're back. And I'm so. Back. I'm back. I know. A story only God writes, you know? I so. can't. I, when I hear the name Bel Air, I can't not think of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I mean, I would like the Fresh Princess, but they would not give me that email address. Um, you know, I'm not sure why. Can but you put on your business card? You can't. I could. Not... And the least Trey could have done was play that under your introduction of me. Hey, maybe, right? we, maybe we can add that in post. We'll post bring that back in. <laughs> <laughs> this is a story all about how. Okay, so you, so you came home after being gone for a season. Tell tell us just a tiny bit about what that feels like to leave and be gone and then to come home. And come home, yeah. Like I consider Middle Tennessee my home. Um, it's where I feel like I grew up spiritually as a college student. It was where my call to ministry was, and served a church here for fifteen years. And then God said, "Go, go somewhere new," and pulled me out of my comfort zone and. Learned so much about leadership there and um, just um, being out of my comfort zone and and, in a a bigger church environment and just fell in love with the volunteers in in Birmingham and the kids. And, you know, God even pulled me out of my comfort zone and I became a mom through foster care. So giving me even another new dimension of ministry. I have 
so much more grace than I did before. I could never understand why people couldn't get to church on time, you know? And now I'm like, you're 20 minutes late. That is okay. You made it, you know, but just to know the, the hardship of just to get to church, you know, for a family. And we've been that family bickering on our walk into church, you know? And so, and then, and God called me back home and um, to the same church I was at. And just, it's funny. I, the, the main group I didn't know was the children's ministry group, you know, because it was what came came up when I was gone. I knew the older life. people. Right. Yeah. I knew the older people because either I'm I'm now, Chuck, in the season ministry where I have like the kids of kids I had. Okay. That is right. Yeah. Which is so neat, you know, like, um, so, you know, just kind of in that season. So I knew the older people and I'm, but and I knew the preschool parents because I was their children's minister, a lot of them. And so, but just getting to know an, um, a new group of kids, a real diverse group of kids. And it's, it's great. It's great. It's a different setting. It's a different time. So I love a new challenge because, you know, I can be real dependent on my, you know, experiences. Past accomplishment. And yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we're walking through experiencing God as our church. And that's one of my biggest conviction from week one, like mm. how, you know, just complacent we can be on experience and I need to be relying daily on God. So mm. that just has been a, a real neat little wake up call of, you, you gotta, it's gotta walk daily with him and what he wants to do. So. You, you mentioned your little girl, Emmy is in second grade. She is, she is, and getting too old. It drove me nuts. I did preschool and children's ministry my first eight years, and it drove me so nuts just as a single young, you know, ignorant woman. You know, I heard all the time, oh, it goes so fast, it goes so fast. You know, I was like, okay, moms, we get it. And now I'm like, you didn't say it enough. It goes (laughs) so fast. And just, you know, to be intentional in this time because it's fleeting, you know? My, so my youngest, uh, and we have four. So I have two daughters who by birth, who are now both married. One of them's expecting. So I'm on the verge of this whole grandpa thing, which is brand new first time. And I'm not sure that I'm ready for that. Super excited for the baby, which is awesome. However, I'm way too young for that. I just don't, I don't get that part. What is your grandfather name? Have you picked that? Um, well, so my, my two sons came to us through adoption, international adoption from Ethiopia. And they were four and 18 months when the boy came to us. Now they're 17 and 15. And so talk about time flying. Because it was yesterday that they were in second grade. Right. Eight years old, whatever. And so time really does fly, Danielle. Believe me, it does. It does. Yeah. So um, in Ethiopia, when the boys came, our our little baby, Tati, at the time called me Abba, Abba, which is the name for Papa or Daddy, uh, right. in in uh, in Amharic, and so Abba is going to be my grandpa name. Oh, I'm yeah, so which is kind of fun, right? Yeah, right. And now he's taller than you, right? He, no, not yet. No, Tate, okay. Come on, I got to hold him down as long as I can. These boys, okay. no, they're okay. they're stronger than me and way faster well, than me. And uh, I I have all these like you know the aches and pains phase is what I'm in. So like I. Danielle, you know, so like, uh, I'm getting to the age now where like I was working on, I'm always working on projects at home. So I've got a bunch of scars and things, but like I fell off a ladder last week and I'm just like all bruised up. And the the boys are like, dad, you shouldn't be on ladders anymore. I'm like, I can still do this. You can do it. I know, but we are, we're getting to that older 
you're, you're very life. sweet to put we between you and me because you, you not far from got each a other. long not way to go to catch me, Danielle Bell. <laughs> All right. Hey, well, let's talk about gospel-centered family experiences. So as we talk about our families and the families that we serve, we know that in our ministries, right, we see kids face-to-face every week and we minister to them, but really kids ministry more than ever is all about the whole family and things that we can do right. to bridge that gap between the church and the home. And our job right. is to partner well with parents, to set right. them up well, to disciple and lead their own kids. Right. Not everyone is equipped to do that as well, but it's certainly a part of what we do. So tell me a little bit about what is, what is your perspective and passion on this idea of bridging church and home? Yeah. So I think early in ministry, I thought because I wasn't a parent, I I couldn't do that well. So, you know, if you're listening and you're young and called in the ministry, you can partner with families, even though you're not a parent. So I I wish somebody would have like kind of challenged me to do that, you know, but God's called you to this position. You may, you may not be a parent, but you can partner with parents. So I think in early on, I was scared, you know, I'm going to do it wrong. I can't equip the family. I don't know what that's about, but I think we can learn what the family's about, you know, and come alongside these families and truly build that bridge. So how are we not only just equipping them with resources, but you and I both too know, Chuck, how busy the families are, right? And so to take the times that we have and be intentional, you know, I love, I love Deuteronomy 6, you know, it's like when you go, when you come, like, how are we teaching them in the everyday coming and going of life to, um, center on the gospel and to discuss that and experience that, but also like, you know, to make the most of things that we already have, you know, in the church, like have some conversations. Cause you know, I don't know about you when I grew up, we did church and there wasn't a big bridge to home, you know, it was, we did church, you know, and, and we all know multiple times a week, right. We were there Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. night. Yes. But in, in you know, you know, I guess that was even before the take home sheet, but we all know the take home sheet is not always, the effective way to keep that conversation going. So I think we've got to be intentional to create some experiences when we have the family together. So that conversation continues at bedtime, at, you know, in the car, you know, and that, and that word intentional that is out. so important. That's so important because of the busyness that we know is real, right? We, so right. we know that through our ministries, we, we have very little time to actually connect with kids during our ministry right. pro- programmed hours. And, uh, and in fact, when, as we talked about, even just that shared memory of, yeah, being connected to the church meant we were there Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Right. Yes. <laughs> Every, whenever the doors were open, right? If you're a good Baptist, you're there. And right. but now that is not the norm. And for yeah. most kids, that's really a rarity that they would be there multiple times a week. For some right. kids, we see them once a month and or, or right. twice a month every other week as the way families work and things happen in our culture. We don't have that point of contact. But the other part of it, Danielle, is that parents don't have that much time with their kids because yeah. parents are busy in their own activities and kids in their Theirs. We may be Uber mom or Uber dad to drive them and drop them in, but right. but we th- that time in the car is often we're listening to a podcast or on a call and they're on a screen and we're not interacting in that Deuteronomy six way, right? The, the right. natural comings and goings and sitting down and rising up, even in the families that are well intentioned, those moments are less and less fewer and fewer. So even at home, we have to be even more intentional with the minutes and moments that we have. 
Yeah. And I think you and I, you know, would agree that the family even looks different. You know, one of like, it's not always, you know, like it's, it's a lot of divorce, but what I'm seeing is a lot of grandparents. Mm. So how are we equipping the grandparents are the ones bringing them and having those spiritual conversations and how are we equipping them to have shared experience? Cause they may not even go home with that. You know, it may be picking them up on the way during the summer, but that is the person that God has placed and given that kid as a gift. So how can we have them experience some things together? So when their time, you know, they are in the car, they can talk things through, go deeper. The kid can grapple and ask questions. Is that really true? How's that true for you, you know, to carry that on? Cause the family is busy. It looks different. And look, I used to not understand why we couldn't do a nightly devotions. Parents, I gave you this sheet. I get it now. It is bedtime. I am tired. You're done. The kids are done. I want to go to bed. And I'm, and you know, sometimes she's like, are we not going to do devotion? I'm like, yes, we are, you know, you know, and thank you for holding me accountable, but it's even intentional for a children's minister in my home. Yes. We are going to pause and we are going to look at scripture and pray and, and, you know, have that time before bed, because if not, we could look back and go, we didn't do that at all this week, you know, which it is such an important thing for us to encourage parents, right? Okay. So first of all, let me use that word, encourage them. We have to be careful that we're not guilt tripping parents, right? You're not doing this enough and you should be, and we can have a lot of shoulds that we can and push on our parents. Right. You should do this and should do that and should do this. And they can feel like failures because of that. And the reality is right. they need us to be encouragers instead who can say, right. you can do this and you can, can. do that. Mm-hmm. But it really does take that intentionality. Those devotional times you talk about, those are wonderful right. if you can get there. But if right. you can't, it's more important that you look for those teachable moments, the Deuteronomy 6 as we go things. And yeah. you talk about the idea of teaching the way that Jesus taught. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah. I, I love, I mean, he, he's the master teacher, right? I mean, he he used everyday objects. He um, allowed, he asked a lot of questions, you know, and would probe to what was truly believed, you know, like, do you love me? Like how many times, you know, he kept asking, you know, and, and he, it was, it, it, it was a conversation. He got past what I like to call the Sunday school answers, you know, like, don't yeah. tell me what you think I want to hear. Um, be on it. Like if, if that, if you don't understand that, well, let's get to that. Well, you know, just last week, um, I was subbing in a fourth grade class. One of our most precious volunteers broke her arm last minute and we, we do gospel projects. So I was jumping in and we were talking about the narrow and the wide road and you know, that there's, one way. And so I had the kids pair up and ask each other questions like, who do you say Jesus is? But they had to go for a minute and whatever the kid said back, you know, they had to go, well, what does that mean? What does that mean to you? Like, let's get past the Jesus is the savior of the, you know, the Sunday school answer, the Mm -hmm. like, but what do you really believe? And what do you struggle with? You know, so to, to, to give families those times for conversations, which are, you know, you know, mom, dad, my friend says that, you know, this can happen in a marriage. What does the Bible say? You know, I've pulled over in a Walgreens parking lot and opened up my Bible app and said, okay, not about what mama says. Here's what the Bible says about marriage. You know, this is what, you know, so how do we equip, but just 
just the shared experience, you know, when, when Jesus taught with fish or wheat or sheep, yeah, you know, yeah. they, they saw things that they understood because kids are concrete thinkers. Right. But, and, and, but they were built the bridge to the spiritual. Let's be honest. A lot of times adults are concrete thinkers. You know, sometimes <laughs> we got to simple it down and how can we have them experience something together that they can take home, you know, and I, I have a recipe that I like to use for that. Chuck, I'm, I do not cook. Okay, but I do have a recipe for this. I'm much more passionate. I find no joy in the kitchen, but I do find joy with <laughs> families. But and like, around the I, table, around the table is where the joy around comes. Around the table, oh, around the, the kitchen table, the sounds like work, but around the table sounds like enjoyment and fun. It is, and that's where for the sevens. The fruit can come. So my recipe is when, and, and look, don't recreate the wheel. I, I don't, you don't need to add five, 10 things to your ministry calendar because nobody's, nobody's got time for that. You know, you've got to be again, intentional. You know, what has God called you to do where you're at? Not, yeah. you know, I hate it when people are like, but down the street, I don't care about down the street. What has God called you to do? Hmm. So be intentional about where you, God has placed you. So, you know, I, I try to use these in um, a gospel class that I have kids that are asking questions about becoming a Christian. I have a, an adult come with them, you know, and, and, and now, you know, the new Christian class that I'm a Christian now, an adult comes with them. Um, VBS, different things. But my recipe is, we, I want them to hear truth. I want them to hear truth, but then I want them to immediately see it in God's word. Bring that Bible. Do not believe it because Danielle says it or Chuck says it yep. because some other adult's going to tell you something else and you're going to believe that. Like, let's see it. And you know what? That may take, you know, an extra 10 minutes to find that book and that scripture. It's worth it. Let's turn there and then experience truth. You know, kids are active learners. Adults are active learners. All right. We're talking about heaven. Let's, let's do something with that. We're talking about creation. Let's do something with our hands. Let's think about those different learning styles and then discuss truth. Okay. We've seen it. We've heard it. We've seen it. We've done an activity. Okay, well, what did that mean to you? What what, is, what do you believe about that? And not just, you know, asking the kids, but the kids hearing from adults. Mm -hmm. You know, I think parents and adults that are raising kids, they want to be that, you know, Deuteronomy parent, you know that. But sometimes they just need help. They need a safe place. Like, okay, I want to talk to my kid about, you know, creation, but what if I mess up? All right, let's give them a safe place. You know, here's your talking points. Let's practice doing that. So, you know, and then you've had this experience that they've done together. And then, you know, that you're going to talk about hopefully later in the car or, you know, at bedtime or usually, it's usually those deep conversations come at the hardest times, mm -hmm. you know, the most in, you know, uneasy time to schedule in. But that's kind of how I like to think, all right, let's give them that experience together so that we can carry on and talk about it and walk it out too, you know? So you, your recipe, how, how, so give us an example of how you've seen that play out. Put, put that recipe, okay. put some ingredients in that recipe. Okay. So I do a gospel class using the gospel God's plan for me book. And um, the first thing, you know, God rules. We Available know that. Lifeway.com. That's lifeway.com. Yes, there you go. No. Yeah, no, I, you, you've already mentioned, that. Danielle, a couple of cool resources that you use, which happen to be Lifeway resources. There are many, there are really a lot of really good resources out there. I'm honored and pleased that many of them come from my team uh, right. at Lifeway Kids. You can, listeners, you can find really good resources at lifeway.com slash kids. There are other places with great ones too. Yeah. So, but thank you for acknowledging the yes, ones that you no, use. That's I, really cool. I love. Yeah, and we do. We um, The gospel God's playing for me. I love the little pamphlet. I love that uh, they hear it in my group. And that's a great you know, resource for kids. That gospel, the gospel God's plan. Yep. 
and I'm yeah, a Christian now. Yeah, and so now. like that class, I have an adult come, and you know, mm-hmm. sometimes it's a grandparent, you yeah. know, and that's okay. And so I try to watch my language and say adult, so those kids don't feel, you know. <laughs> you got to be careful but, when so you say we'll watch about, your language, Danielle. I went a yeah, whole different not, place no. with that. <laughs> yes. Well, I just don't want the kids with the grandparent to feel any different. You know, everybody's got yeah, a loving adult, right. you know, in here with them. Yeah, that's so a really these, good point. So like when, so I lead large group in our church for our kids, elementary kids, and I'm always careful, like even announcing that, hey guys, it's almost time for your grown to come for you, right? Because right. families look really differently and to assume that it's mom or dad is an assumption. So to right. watch our language yeah. in that sense is really important that we make sure yeah, that I mean, we're aware. Yeah, I mean, the foster mom, you know, yeah. you've got a lot of that right. and you want to make sure they know a loving adult is coming, yeah. a grown yeah. up, I love that. A grown, a grown up's coming. Um, okay, so like when we're talking about God rules, you know, we're talking about he is creator. He is in charge, we're not, you know, we talk about that. So we do a thing with Play-Doh, Chuck, and we um, I have the parents do it with them. And we're there. I'm like, make whatever you want out of Play-Doh. And they're making it. And then I'm like, I pretend like the Play-Doh calls me. And I'm like, the Play-Doh doesn't want to be that. You know, the kids think I've lost my mind, which is maybe on point. But, you know, and then I'm like, no, the Play-Doh wants to be a house. You know, so I keep telling it, you know, and they get mad. They're like, I've almost got this built and you're changing it. The Play-Doh's changing it. So we've, we've seen truth in God's word that he rules. And then we've looked, you know, at Colossians that he holds all things together. Mm-hmm. And now we're experiencing it with Plato. And so at the end, you know, I'll look to him and I'm like, who should be making the decisions? The creator should the, the you or should the Plato? And they're like, what the, what, the Plato shouldn't be telling us what um, it needs to be. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. how is that like when we look to the creator? and try to be in charge, you know? And so we build that bridge. We're talking about it. And Chuck, one of my favorite stories is we did that one time. I had a group of uh, twins in there and their dad was in there with them, you know? And the next morning I come into my office and I have this voicemail from this dad. And he's like, he goes, please don't ever stop doing those kind of illustrations Mm. with adults. Mm. And he starts crying on my voicemail. And I'm like, oh, what, what have I done? You know, I'm like, and so he's like, I'm going to have to email you. So he emails me and he says, I need you to know that I've been trying to be Lord of my life with my job situation. And yeah. God spoke to even me through that, that I'm not, I'm not in charge. So there was how the bridge was built, but hopefully they continue to go home and talk about, you know, it did. So then that father has a testimony. Hey kids, I'm, I'm trying to tell the creator what I want to do with my life. And this convicted me. So we got our, we moved our hands and we got to talk, turn to your adult. What does that mean to you? Well, he's in charge. Who isn't? How do you feel about that? Do you trust him being in charge? So taking that recipe of hearing the truth, seeing it, experiencing it, and then discussing it to hopefully give shared experiences on a class we already do to carry on him, you know? And and that's so cool how that involves so many different learning styles. You know, there's the hearing, there's the seeing, there's the touching and manipulating, there's the processing and talking about it. All those things come together. Uh, What a cool... Uh, device. What a neat recipe. That's very cool. We, um, I had kind of an accidental moment like that. This is just kind of like, once you start to think this way, those things pop up, right? So we were with my 15 year old, I was picking him up after a youth group or driving home and he saw a fast food restaurant and he's like, you know, I was like, are you hungry? Do you want to grab a burger? And he's, and I'm like, I probably shouldn't because, you know, like I need to be healthy. He's like, right. dad, there's probably not hamburgers in heaven. So you might as well get it now. And so that led to us. I'm like, well, why would you say that? And so we had started to have a conversation about right. his concepts of heaven. I'm like, do you know that the Bible talks about heaven as a feast around a table mm-hmm. and it's a banquet and all this. And it turned into this great opportunity 
for us to have a conversation with my own 15 year old about right. his picture of what heaven will be like. And it was just one of those in the car, looking out the window, real life opportunities. And we need to be watching for those things and applying this recipe to all those moments. What a great all those thing, moments. Danielle. Yeah. And I think, but some people may look at you and they're like, oh, you get paid to talk about Jesus. Chuck. <laughs> you, can, you know, the average parent can't, but I think it goes back to what you're talking about. Instead of shaming our parents. Right. Then have the conversation. You don't have to have all the answers. Write down what you think you know about heaven and then go turn in Revelation and compare it. Yeah. You know, give like give them some grace. Okay, well, I thought I thought this was in heaven, but the Bible's not saying that. That may be just something I heard. But to even talk to our parents, don't be afraid of the conversation because you don't have all the answers. Yes. You know, because we we don't always have all the answers. And one of the best things we can do is say, you know what, as a parent, yeah. you know what? I'm not sure the answer to that. Why don't we look it up together or let's right. figure that out together? And that's a great way that we can show our kids where to go when they don't know the answer and we're not there to give them the answer answer, right? Let's, right? How do we research that? How do we know where to look in the Bible to find an answer to that? Uh, and right. then show them, teach them how to do that by modeling searching. So sometimes it's even better if you don't just know, but that you right. show them how to find the answers. Right. You come off as, you know, oh, I just know. And then kids or other parents think, I, I don't have that knowledge. How can I do that? Mm. You know, and, and just even the grace in the failure moments. I mean, my daughter knows I need Jesus yeah. because of all the times I have to ask for forgiveness, yeah, you know, for we sure. talk about that, you know, at bedtime, I'm like, Hey, she calls it losing my cold, not losing my cool. <laughs> I'm like, you know, mommy lost her cold today. And you know, that was, that was a sin. And that is why mommy needs Jesus. Mommy is not perfect. Yeah. And, and just to talk to parents of, yeah, I, I you know, I love Graham lots. And she says, you know, one of the things God only expects you to do is fail. That's why I gave you Jesus. He knew we were so we so I mean, we don't celebrate and, sh and try to capitalize on our failures. But what a great way to turn into a gospel conversation. Mommy's not perfect. Daddy's not grandma's grandma messes up. Yeah. And that's why I need Jesus. And to give our our adults that are raising these kids like chances to have those conversations in safe areas of church. And then to give them, hey, you're not going to be perfect having that conversation in the car, you know, going to fast food or at yeah. bedtime. But have the conversation, discuss the things, be honest about what you do and don't know. And the fact that your failures that day are your very reason you need a savior, you know. And for us as as ministry leaders, kids ministry leaders, right? We it's it's so important for us to communicate to parents those expectations, not the guilt trip, right. but the encouragement. And to say, hey, I'm available. And so for right. many of us, those parents may not feel comfortable contacting us during the week or interacting with us. This is one example of why it would be good for, for you to share your phone number, to share your email right. so that someone who is in a moment like this and may not know the answer can say, you know what? to their son or daughter or, the, or their child, if they're the grandparents or whoever they are, the caregiver, hey, let's let's contact Miss Danielle. And why don't we get together with her and see if she can help us find this answer? Yes, so it's yeah. so important for us as leaders to be available and approachable and accessible. Right. And no judgment. Like this is a, I'm learning too, you know, God's still teaching me. Let's dive in, you know, to that with that together and that truth. And, and again, it, it give them the, the, the challenge to have those at home, but work them in things you already have like VBS. How are you helping? You know, do you have a family night? Was well, there a time that you're giving them 
you know, and experience something together. You know, I always talk about, you know, when they went to the hillside to hear Jesus preach, they didn't go in five different areas. You know, they, you know, it was loud and it was messy and it wasn't a perfect, you know, congregation, but, you know, they experienced that truth together. So when you have them all together, how can you, again, be intentional, turn to your adult and talk about this and, and we're going to lead you through this conversation and help you. So, you know, at graduation Sunday, whatever age, even all the way up, how can you, you know, turn and talk about one of the things we do at our, our tween transition when our fifth graders go to our, um, you know, middle school ministry is we have a luau to say hello to ministry, youth ministry, goodbye to children's, you know, and, but we have the adults, right? They found out their secret prayer partner that all the kids have. We also have their adult, their parent, write them a letter. What would, do you want to, because we talk about, you're about to kind of become that middle schooler that thinks you know everything and your adult doesn't. So while I've got you captive, I'm going to tell you to listen to your adult, (laughs) you know, like, and we have that adult read that letter aloud. Like we want not just the kid to take it and read it. I want, I want that adult to say those words and that, that tween hear those words. And this are, these are things, you know, that they want them to know as they carry on. There's a safe place for that. We're all doing that at once. They're not doing it on a mic in front of everybody, but to, to add those little just experiences where we can capture, this is a family moment of faith and this parent can pour some truth before this kid goes in this next season of life. So. Danielle Bell, thank you so much. It's always so fun to talk with you. The time just flies by. So thanks know, for being here. I told here. you we can talk forever. We could. We And we're going to have to do another episode. Let's come back together real soon and do another one. And uh, hey, listeners, Danielle will be with us here at Lifeway Kids in uh, Nashville for the Etch Conference, October yes. 9th, 10th, and 11th. Come to Nashville. If you're already coming, plan to sit in on Danielle's breakout. Uh, is this the one that's the breakout? The, um, this one's the breakout. Gospel-centered family ministry is a breakout session. You can get more of this and practice some of these things and get up close and personal with Danielle. Come, come, come to the Next Gen, the Etch Next Gen Ministry Conference. You can find information at etchconference.com. And we would love to have you register. Bring your team. The sooner you register, the more you save. So sign up and come in. Great things happening at Etch this year, by the way. New, we have been in downtown Nashville for a lot of years, which is wonderful. It's been a beautiful place to be, a gorgeous venue. However, we have decided to relocate the event this year to a, a large church in our area. We'll be at Brentwood Baptist Church for a couple key reasons. One, free parking. Free parking Mm -hmm. is a huge benefit. Cheaper hotels, easier restaurant access. uh, And we've been able to lower the ticket price by about $100 per ticket. So you can bring more people and you're going to save on parking. So this is the year. If you've been waiting to come to Etch, this is the time to come. And if you're coming back, hey, you can reallocate some of those dollars that you would have paid for parking into uh, maybe uh, buying some candy for Danielle or something. I'm here for it. Yeah. Yeah, bring it. Danielle, thanks for being here. Listeners, thank you for listening. We'll see you back again soon another time for another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. 